Welcome everyone, you are listening to the I Am A Sparching Podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show, it will probably suck. Scott the Fane knows, and you are listening to another episode of I'm a Spartan OCR Podcast. And on this episode, it's just me, my buddy, my good old buddy, bitch muffin Michael Robertson, and my girlfriend Leanne Blizzard. And we talk about the weekend we had at Palmerton, and there's a lot of wisecracks and cut downs on probably an uneducated eighth grade level. So I warned you. I hope you enjoy it. What's up, everybody? I have Michael, the bitch muffin Robertson, on the line with us, and along with the lovely Leanne Blizzard sitting beside us. So, Michael, before we get into how the weekend went at Palmerton, we've got one major question out there that all of my listeners want to know, and that's, why are you such a huge douchebag? Because <laughs> I hang out with you. <laughs> Dude. Really, you gonna give me an introduction like that? No, wait. I want to know where Bitch Muffin came from. I don't know. We just come up with it one day. Like yeah, whose idea just was come up it? With it? I don't know. It just come up with it one day Scott. and it stuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He just looks like a big old fluffy bitch muffin. <laughs> Girl, yeah. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> huh. really love each other. We do love each other. He's my best I, friend. I, I love his mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's convenient because he loves your mom too. My mom is a saint, and she wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire. She did on twice on you, purpose when you were on fire. So did you like R. Kelly her or something? <laughs> no, she R. Kelly me. <laughs> we're talking about my mom. Love you, Faith. <laughs> in case she's listening. I don't think my mom knows what a podcast is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, Michael, tell us about how your ride home was from the airport. <laughs> it was good the first uh, five minutes. So, thanks for the bumper stickers. You're welcome. What bumper yes. stickers? <laughs> the, the one your smart ass put on my truck. Uh, that's total. That's total payback for all the stickers you always put on the back of my car, or where you just decide to take a sharpie and write on my tag with a sharpie, "Scott loves cock." <laughs> well, wait, didn't he put one on your bin for one of the ultras too? No, that's the the bearded Spartan that says Spartan Pride and it has a unicorn and yeah. all the uh, yeah. all the uh, gay pride colors on it so. yeah he did yeah, that to I, me i usually write on i usually put a sharpie in my drop bin and write all over his bucket mm-hmm. we left buckets at our vrbo house in vermont and i think like some of the buckets say like i suck dick or something like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's gonna make some michael really michael, michael loves dick or something like that so, no, but so I'll, I'll, every time that's probably race, why I'll the price went up on that house this year, so we couldn't go back. They want us back. Yeah, like, and I always I have all, all the stickers printed out, so I always put them on Scott's car whenever he leaves them around. 
Yeah. But no, Leanne, just to let everybody know, you put three bumper stickers. One of them, one of them, the funniest one, the one I noticed as I pulled over and didn't have to get all the way home, uh, was the one you actually put on my back glass. Yeah, no. I I saw it. That's why I made it pull over. Well, I knew as soon as Scott got behind you and was riding your ass, you were going to look back and you would see it. I figured you would never see it, but you have like 10,000 stickers on your back glass. I figured maybe it would just eventually blend in. But it said, it said, honk if you're homo. (laughs) 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 Which is really funny because I put it on my stepson's car, a truck bumper yesterday morning before we went to work. And he was pissed about it too. So. Did he get a lot of people uh, honking at him? He had three or four people honk at him on the way to work and look at him. So yeah, That's but funny. he works at, uh, in the corporate world. He said that people don't think that's funny. I said I don't care. We thought it was funny. So yeah, there's probably a lot of people that don't think our sense of humor is funny. So I mean, yeah. we're just two southern southern boys giving each other hail like a couple of jocks in the locker room, I guess. I yeah, but the other one, the other two stickers, what did it say? I, I heart my butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> and the third one was. It had a hot dog. I, I had a picture of a hot, hot dog, dog on it. You got the bun or something. Yeah. I got the wiener if you bring the bun. <laughs> yeah. If anybody yeah. wants to know where you can get these novelty bumper stickers, they're on eBay. They, the guy sells like 20 of them, and that's exactly what they're for, is for pranks. Yeah. And they it's peel off easily. They peel off easily. Yeah. But. So, so all right, man. I called that before I went through Atlanta traffic because I'd have probably had a lot of people honking <laughs> at me. I know. We kind of messed that up because I hadn't seen them because Leanne snuck out. When you got to the airport making Leanne snuck out and put them on your car while you were in there taking a huge, stinky, long dump. <laughs> deuce. Dropping a deuce. And she went out there and did it. And I told her to take a picture because I was going to text you the picture like as soon as we got on the plane. But she didn't take a picture. So we was just going to... I forgot. We was just going to shut up and just let you drive all the way back home with them yeah. on there. Scott couldn't like... You should have seen him in the car. He was laughing. It's like he couldn't hold his composure. I know. I, I wanted to get close so I could see him. And then that gave it away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I would have driven... Over two hours with it on back. So you gotta be, and so and and Michael will tell you he knew that he didn't. He he was pretty sure because when we said goodbye, I just walked to the side of his truck, and Michael told me later, he's like, I knew he didn't put nothing on the back of my truck because you just walked to the side of it. You got to be sneaky to pull a prank on Michael. Yes, I was. I was looking for. I should have walked around the back of my truck. Which, when I got in the truck this morning, I walked around my truck and trailer, made sure my stepson didn't get payback already. <laughs> <laughs> From Tanner. Oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So, cool thing about this episode is me and Michael's done Palmerton before, and Leanne went there for the first time. So, Leanne, tell us about what did you think of Palmerton. I actually liked it. Um, I didn't, wasn't crazy. I had like really, really bad nerves on Saturday and Sunday. Um, I think I actually messaged you and was like, I'm just having really bad anxiety about it. I think I was just worried about, I don't know, maybe the overall race itself. Um, it's kind of pretty intimidating, but um, I wound up liking it. It was, I would definitely go back next year. It was pretty fun. The views up there are worth the hill that you have to go through to climb that mountain. Yeah. 
And that was like, I enjoyed just riding the sky lift thing because I'd never done that at any of the races we went to before. Yeah, that was so. pretty fun. <clears throat> I know one thing, when the race started, I don't know, you know, and I always feel really slow at the beginning of the race because everybody starts off so freaking fast. And I'd be like, man, there's no way I'm going to do good today because I just can't run out with these guys that just blast coming out. And, I mean, just, I guess they just thought a lot of them fade because I usually, I mean, I did good. I got, like, top 10 Saturday. And, I mean, I just couldn't believe that, you know, because I guarantee you when we come out of the gate, I was probably, like, in 50 or 60th place. So, it's weird. But I know one thing. I just... I don't remember this race being as steep as it was. Oh, it, it was sucked. insane. Um, it sucked. Yeah. It was, you You dang sure get sucker punched really fast by the incline at Palmerton because most races, you know, even New Jersey and I would say even Killington too, when we started those races, you had a little tiny hill you ran up right at first, but you you had more time to warm up before you just went a whole freaking mile up the mountain. And I, I think that's what's so intimidating about Palmerton is you just that initial, you go right out of the gate and you just start climbing. Because, you know, for me, it takes my heart just to get into a rhythm, you know, and get your breathing in a rhythm, you know, and it's something you can't, I can't do before a warm up. I mean, you can run around the venue and warm up, but when you get in that, starting corral and just you're standing around you know talking to friends i mean you're going to cool back down you know so yeah i agree the i think i don't know if it's i was i think i was less prepared physically just to deal with injury all year and stuff and not be able to train but uh i definitely didn't remember those you know hills being that steep um but that that's that's the hardest thing for me also is that you know, it takes me, usually on a flat or a little incline, it takes me, you know, two and a half, three miles before I finally get, kind of get to my groove. And the scary thing about Palmerton is I could have probably went up it a little more faster, but there's that thing where I knew what's coming on the downhills. And, you know, if you blow your wad going up the first steep incline, well, that ruins you for the downhills and the other uphills. Uh, so, you know, that's what, I think just a lot of people have a good experience running, you know, not just hills, but mountains, you know, has is that, um, you know, they can kind of gauge their legs are used to it and they can gauge whether or not to, you know, go out, you know, 80%, 90%, 70%, whatever they need to go out to be able to, you know, save it for the duration instead of being done after mile three. Yeah, what's really good, you didn't blow your wad at the beginning like I blow my wad on your mom last night. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. I don't think you can, I don't think first-timers for Palmerton, I think you can train, like, incline train, but I don't think there's anything you could ever do to actually mentally prepare you or, phys well, I mean, you can physically prepare for it a little bit, but not, like, enough to actually feel like you're going to be ready for Palmerton. Because, I mean, I had been training on inclines for months now, and but when I got on that mountain... It's different. It's way different. Yeah. I mean, if you run on a treadmill, I mean, you got that flat surface and the incline of it, or so you're basically training for flat elevation, but still, I mean, you have those steps you have to walk up. You've got right. those rocks and the roots and 
everything else and then you come out of this trail and then you look up and there's like another mile of nothing but mountain and rock and roots i just don't think you can fully prepare for for it when you're a first timer yeah and you got to think too you know and all they had at the beginning was hurdles and those walls but when you've already been running up an incline your heart rate's maxed and then you hit those little walls and those hurdles, I mean, it's hard to get back into. I mean, you got to take a few steps before you can get a good breath and start getting into a good rhythm again, too. And, yeah, because uh, the incline trainer, you know, I have at the gym, it's, uh, yeah, it goes up to 30%. And like Leanne said, it's not even comparable. That mountain's way harder than just getting on the incline trainer at 30%. It'd be almost like taking a stair climber. You know, you're doing a stair climber every third or fourth step you stepping up two steps then yeah. twisting your ankle and falling <laughs> going back down to the bottom get back on you know twisting the other ankle so and that's yeah. what seeing parts of it so parts of the trails that's what scared me because you know i had broke my ankle well almost two years ago yep. and then there was some parts of the trails where some of that rock was real real loose and i rolled my left ankle really bad but, you know, and you can't, I mean, I don't think you can ever prepare for anything like that either. I mean, people come flying down those trails hauling ass and, you know, you just have to be careful with it and stuff. Yeah, and so, and I don't remember, I remember it being more of a wide open run to the top last year. Where this year, we kind of were hiking on some tr single track trails going through some woods to the top. And I mean, it might have been like that last year. I might just not remember. But I mean, there was opportunities there where a lot of people ran out too hard. And then when we got to the single track hiking areas, you know, you were stuck behind people that were just power hiking a little bit slower too. You know, so that was kind of a, you know, I mean, there probably wasn't a lot of room there to gain a lot of position. But what one of the frustrating things of the day was, which I was... I was lucky because when I got there, I think there was three or four bins of sandbags and the bin I went to, I picked up the last uh, sandbag for men's right there. I didn't look at how full the other two were, but when I got to the top, I saw you and you were already in line uh, waiting for a sandbag. And didn't you say you waited for a sandbag for six minutes in line? Yeah, I looked at my watch. It was like six, six and a half minutes. Because we were, if anybody around the race is listening, we were literally backed up from the sandbag to the water station there. <clears throat> and it took roughly, you know, six, I think it was like, yeah, six, six and a half minutes. I think that'd be a, a conservative estimate. Yeah, I think Josh, uh, I think Josh said he had to wait seven, seven yeah. minutes too. But the bad there. thing about it is that, you know, the ladies had bags, you know, and we're not right. against ladies, but I mean, still, you that's a six minute break. You're stopping while everybody's just passing you, right? Uh, and yeah, I mean, but still, I mean, it sucks. You shouldn't have gone, hey, when we're gonna go, when we're gonna go, yeah, and it gets you out of your groove. So, so last year, the problem was they ran out of sandbags because they didn't have enough for a double carry. And I, I assume this year they thought, well, we're not doing the double carry, so we should have plenty of bags. But it looks like by the end of the day, they had some burlap bags out, the smaller ones to uh, compensate for it. But, you know, later on, we went there on the sky lift and they were out of bags then. But, of course, the open heats that hit it then and half of them were leaving 
some people were leaving the bags at the bottom of the hill and they were just telling the runners to go to the bottom of the hill and bring those back up, you know? Yeah, I don't, I don't get, uh, if you pick one up and just leaving it there, I mean, somebody's got to get it. Yeah, well, they, so, had, they had that trash can at the bottom just like they did last year. People were just throwing them in the trash can. Was that only for like the open house? Um, yeah, the, the open, open heat. I, I guess I don't. I don't remember if it was down there when uh, during our heat or not. I don't remember seeing it. I don't remember seeing it either. Yeah, I was too busy just looking at the ground trying to breathe. Right. I mean, and I don't know what it was about Saturday, different than Sunday. But when I got to the sandbag Saturday, you know, when I jogged down, I don't think I would jog down the hill no faster than I did Saturday or Sunday. Probably the same, but. When I hit that hill going up Saturday, man, I was in poor shape. I felt awful. All I wanted to do was just take that thing off my shoulders. And, you know, I stopped a few times. And But Sunday, I mean, I didn't stop one time. I don't know if it was Luke talking about, no, man, don't stop with it. I didn't stop with it one time, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but the next day I was like, all right, I'm going to try to do what Luke said. Just look at the ground and just keep going. And I, I don't know if it's because we just pigged out and I just ate a crap ton of food when we left there Saturday. But Sunday I just, I had more energy and it was not, it was not the uh, dauntless task that it was. But I think that's the same Saturday. thing as like, you knew what to expect. That's what, you and know, that I, might think have been it, I think that's what it is. Cause I did better on Sunday than I did on Saturday, Saturday going up the sandbag carry. I literally was like counting my steps and every 20 steps I would stop and I would breathe. And then I would count every 30 and I would stop and then every 40 and then every 50. By that time I was already at the top of it, right. but it just took my mind off of how much that suck fest was for that sandbag carry yeah that was a that's a probably that's probably one of the hardest sandbag carries i think i've ever done today yeah just straight up sandbag palmerton definitely has the hardest especially uh, last year's double there that was pretty rough yeah because i remember last year i mean i i put those down bags down easily half a dozen times on that hill i know i made it all the way down and started up without putting them down but uh yeah last year it really whipped me last year I put my bags down across your mom's face last night. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's like, I, it, but it, it makes that race unique because it has that hard carry, whether it's a double sandbag or a single sandbag. And I think they've always had that sandbag carry there. So, I mean, that's what makes it cool. And you know, you always expect it there. And the bucket carry has been in the same place, I think for the past couple of years too. Yeah. I'll take that bucket carry over um, Killington any day, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say that the, the Killington bucket was longer than that. But as far as like going uphill and downhill, I don't think the Killington really went up a lot more than that one did. I don't know. No, but it's where the Killington was, though. I mean, yeah. It, it was, was like ruddy or hilly or something. It was at the end, and you already done all those hills, especially when we did the... Not to mention uh, you did the, two the sandbag ultra. carries, yeah. too. Yeah, but we did the ultra, and on the second loop, that's the one that really whipped our asses. Yeah. Was there yeah. a log carry at Killington last year? I can't remember. Uh, I don't think there was. I don't know if there was in the Beast or the Ultra Beast. I know there wasn't in the Sprint. There wasn't in the Sprint. There wasn't a log yeah, carry last remember. year, was there? I don't know. Your mom carried my log 
Christmas, not <laughs> Expect a lot of these jokes, everybody. Oh, my God. We're like a couple of eighth graders. So. And this is like all the time. If you ever see them at a race, it's always like this. Yeah. And then if Scott finishes before Michael, Scott will find yeah. Michael at yeah. any obstacle that he is yeah. at and, and record him, him and give him so much shit. It is so funny. Well, I got to because Michael will like... If Michael is such a good racer. I want everybody to, out there listening. Michael is a good racer. I mean, he's probably... I mean, compared to me, I guarantee you, Michael is probably way more obstacle proficient than I am. Hey, I know he's made his spear probably 95% of the time since he started this freaking sport. And, but Michael is just one of those people where he just, he'll come up to an obstacle and he'll take a little 30 minute breather before he starts it when he could just jump right into it and go after it. I know he could. Hey man, I think I'm, he does it because I'm, I'm, I'm there with a phone, pounds. and he doesn't want me to capture it on a phone. Now, I did that I'm, over, I'm over 200 pounds, dog. I got to rest, get, catch my breath. The hardest obstacle I have is the fucking running. <laughs> it just whips my ass. All the other stuff is I can do. Yeah, and you still wind up beating half the people in the age group. You always end up finishing in the middle of the pack. Well, I just want to yeah, be fast I think like the longer that. races, I think the longer sprinting beasts or super beasts. I think I'm always about mid-pack in age group for my age. But, you know, it's cool with me. But then, you know, I'll get up in the top 25% in the, in the sprints. Uh, I remember there was so. one race, and I think it was Atlanta. And me and Lance had just finished. And I mean, it wasn't long after me and Lance had just finished. It, we, we finished long enough to, you know, get a couple of sodas, a fit aids and a banana. We walked out of the crowd. And then all of a sudden, we hear Michael screaming, and we were like, whoa, Michael's already finished. And we go over, and Michael had ran so freaking hard. He's over there dry heaving over no, the it's trash right. can. No, it was Fort Benning. Was it Fort two Benning? Fort Benning two years ago, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was a cool race. Hated to see that one not come back this year. That's pretty flat, yeah. too. That was like the longest sprint ever last year, because it was almost five miles. What, Fort yep. Benning? Yeah. That was my first race back. It was your first race back after breaking your ankle. Yeah, I think that was one of the first races uh, a couple of years ago uh, that I had uh, 100% completion. Uh, that's why I did it so fast. Because uh, that's that's when I started, you know, because I worked in the off season on the grip strength, so I started to be able to do all the rigs and everything. I think that was the very first one of the very first ones that, you know, uh, that was in 17 and 16, you know, I still having problems with the rigs. Um I think 17 is when I really started, it started coming together with the uh, completion rate. And then I think this year out of seven races, I think I've only missed, I missed two things at Jacksonville. That's just because they were wet. I don't, don't get to do wet. Then I missed, uh, mm-hmm. well, one thing last weekend. So three, three officers and seven races. So Yeah, but the only thing you missed uh, in Palmerton was that, um, what is the vertical cargo 2.0 yeah, with the thing? Yeah, my my calves are cramping, dude. There's no way you didn't even try, I it, could, did you? I could, I could, I, mean, I could barely go down the hills. And I well, and I remember when I did it in Fayetteville, when I went up, I hit the back of my calf on it, right. and I had a huge knot on the back of my calf, right? And uh, I, it just it wouldn't on as high as that thing was, it, it pumped. I mean, it, it was damn near head height for me, it had to have been high. I, I wasn't, yeah, my legs weren't going to get me 
up there. So I mean, I could yeah. look on the legs of that platform, and you could see where it could be adjusted higher or lower. And yeah, you know, everybody's there at the open house, you know, trying their techniques, and they're oh, oh, it's not that bad, you know, and everybody can do it. But I remember when I was in that lake swim, and I was thinking, oh shit, that vertical cargo is coming up with that platform it's going to be wet, you know, because everybody's clothes getting on top of it and their hands going to get it wet. And sure enough, we got there and it's just, there's 10 people standing there trying to get up and over it. Because, yeah, and it has almost like that vinyl covering on top, yeah. which makes it more slick when it gets wet. Yeah, if it was like a wooden platform, I feel like it would be easier. Yeah. But it took me like five tries, and I finally got over it. And me and Lee Jarvis were like right there beside each other. And I was already, like when I finished Ape Hanger, I was like, that took all my gas. I don't know why, but I remembered that obstacle being easier last year. And I was like done. And, and Lee Jarvis, he come around me like right there at the rolling mud. And I was like, man, go after it, man. I said, I'm done. I said, I've got no more energy. And. Like, he tried it a couple of times getting up the vertical cargo, and he's, he went and started doing burpees. And, man, I tried it a few more times, and I told myself I'm going to try it one last time, and then if I don't get it, I'm going to go do burpees. But And I got lucky and finally got over it. And then, because Ducky, me and Ducky ran a lot of the race together too, man. I got to give that full, you know, props, man. He can run downhill fierce man i was right behind him we hit, we were pacing together pretty good but i think he said he weighs about 200 pounds too man and he I was i think he's around two probably pushing 215 220 easy really he's bigger than i am yeah man he was bombing those downhills dude i mean it was all i could do to keep up with him you know but me and him we had a good time we run all those technical downhills together and uh, that's where he passed me was on vertical cargo because he got up over it on the first try. And then he missed his spear. And he said, just like Jacksonville, because in Jacksonville, he missed his spear on the super. And I passed him. And then I missed mine on the sprint. And he passed me on the sprint. <laughs> yeah. so, but I enjoyed running with Ducky and Lee Jarvis. We had a good time, man. It was a good race. Um, yeah, that platform, man, especially Lee. Lee's a shorter guy. I mean, yeah. You know, when I stood beside it on open house, I mean, the top of the platform was at the top of my head. And that was the low side for the guys. Yeah. It was six feet tall. Yeah. You walk down, you know, walk down the other end, it was like, it's like six foot three tall. Yeah. Uh, so in Lee, you know, not being that tall, it, yeah, I'm sure it was, it was just a pain for, you know, a lot of, a lot of shorter guys to get up. And, and you know, when people were running at it, and when they would run at it, of course, their hands would slip, and all their momentum was going up underneath the table, and they were falling on their backs, falling on their shoulders. I saw one dude come up to me and says, yeah, man, I fell on my bladder on my camelback, and he popped his, his camelback bladder. Yeah. But, yeah, that was, that was a tough obstacle, and that was an obstacle I never really feared until that race, so now it's, you know, it'll always be in your head, but... Like I said, man, that was the best place for them to put it, and that was right after that little wade. It wasn't really a swim, even though I swam in it to catch, I mean, just to cool off a little bit. You swam in it? Or I, sw yeah. I swam in it. I'm glad you said it. No I know, I know. I just, lo I just looked at Leanne, because I'm like, Leanne's probably like, shrie you know, shrieking right now. Cause... English, motherfucker, do you speak it? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't no country ever heard of. 
Whatever, man. We make we make up words down here in the South. Would you, did you? <laughs> Poor Scott. I'm always correcting him. Yes, she does. Like just him. anybody knows Leanne is a text corrector, too. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. You did on Facebook and everything. Yes, you did. Yeah. I know she's wearing, she's starting to do that to me, too. It's like rubbing off on me. Because, like, I'll see you do it sometimes and I'll correct you. <laughs> So, they don't care. I can't spell for shit anyway. So, Leanne had to put up with me and Michael totally gassing the car all weekend, gassing the room, and driving the shit out of our Hyundai Kona. <laughs> oh, yeah. You drove that thing like it was on the Fast and the Furious or something. That little car was fun to drive. <laughs> you come out that gas yeah. station hauling ass, too. Yeah, no, it's, we pulled up to the gas station to get gas, and this woman pulls up on the other side of the gas tank and she's having an argument with somebody on the phone and it's really, really loud. I'm out there pumping gas. <laughs> Michael rolls down all the windows and starts playing like some dance rap song talking something about like yes. pussy and stuff like that. No, it was uh, the two, Luke and two live crew. Pop! That pussy, pop, pop, that pussy. <laughs> and I'm thinking, God. As loud as we could play it. So I just kind of played into it. It was kind of like bobbing my head like the, yeah, I like the song. <laughs> when I dropped my wife off at a, a store or something, she said, hey, I'm going to run in, come back and get me. I'll have all the windows down in the truck. I'll pull right in front playing that song as loud as I can. I'm sure yeah, I'm sure she loves that. <laughs> that's so crazy he's all about making somebody feel uncomfortable talking loud making, in the airport making people uncomfortable makes me giggle <laughs> yeah no. for real I don't know what it is Michael loves uh, giving me hell about my hair and when he's drunk oh my god it's that even much that even worse so I, when we went to Virginia a couple of years ago me and Jason Hart they had that craft beer there, and Michael took all of his saved uh, beer tickets because he was just waiting on a good venue that had good beer. Michael got so freaking drunk there. Me and Jason were just like on the other side of the crowd just watching Michael because if you walked anywhere near him, he'd be like, Hey, there's Scott. Look at his hair. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Michael. <laughs> you know how drunk I was when they took the 4-0 picture? I had my shirt off on. I got sunburned. I was holding the flag and the flagpole. They yeah. took the picture. I was looking down, just digging something out of my belly button. Yeah, you were in the <laughs> picture, and you had your finger yeah. in your belly button, like you were picking at your butt or something. Yeah. Like a little two-year-old. Yeah. Like, hey, something's in there, mommy. <laughs> yeah, that was how. That's how he acts when he gets drunk, like a two-year-old. So then we get in the car and we're driving away, and this is at the Infinity Downs uh, venue, not Wintergreen. And before, we, and it's got like a long parking lot you drive into a little ways. Before we get out of the parking lot, Michael's in the back of the truck passed out already. <laughs> He's like, come on, let's go to a 4 party. You know, I'm not ready to leave. Blah, blah, blah. By the time we get out of the parking lot, he's already like passed out. We had to drive like 45 minutes back to the room. We go to like Texas Roadhouse. Me and Jason get out. And we're just going to leave Michael in the truck. He finally wakes up and we're in there. Everything's pretty quiet. We're sitting there eating our food. And Michael's like, hey, I left everything on the fence back here at the venue to dry off. So we had to drive all the way back. Of course, Michael just passes out again in the back of the truck. We drive all the way back there. 
And I think we like got a little bit lost on the way back, so it took even longer to go back and get it. And then we come all the way back to the room. But all my stuff was there, though. Yeah, all your stuff was there. Because I think we called, uh, we messaged Jason, because Jason Barnes was doing that one. And he said, yeah, we left it all over there. So, yeah, that was good times. I think you regretted that during the race the next day. Yeah, dude, it's, that, was a, that was pain. That's why I won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah, you want to see an obnoxious drunk? Michael Robertson. Michael Robertson. He's pretty bad. Uh, <laughs> and that was one thing that was funny, too. So, the hotel that I booked that was a Wingate that was converting to a Holiday Inn. I guess Holiday Inn was bought them out. They had Holiday Inn and Wingate signs all over. We get there to check in. There's like no power in the place at all. And so... They're doing renovations. They're doing renovations, you know, changing it to a Holiday Inn. So in like 10 days later, it's going to be a full-fledged Holiday Inn. And uh, so the lady at the front desk says, are, are y'all here for like the bodybuilding thing? Because y'all can check in early if you are or something like that. And... And they probably just said that because Michael's already, like, got this super heavy-duty tan going already. <laughs> and uh, it was funny because they, like, had a bronzing room and, like, a tanning room already set up in the hotel. It was right around the corner from our room. Yeah, it was. You could smell it. It was funny because it Michael looks like he's got a bodybuilder's tan, just not the body. He wanted to go pose with that guy that had, like, three trophies, though. Yeah, yeah. There's a guy in the elevator that had like three trophies. Michael was curious. So he kept harassing him about three trophies. That was funny. Yeah, it was. Michael, are you there? Yes, I'm here. What are you doing? Nothing. You can hear me, can't you? No, you like went out for a minute there. Uh, I'm on my Bluetooth thing. All right. Yeah, free thing. So. No, the uh, no. What was so funny when we pulled back in? You know, he's under the little drive-through thing, taking pictures with his trophies, and that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, if I make it up there in time, I want to rip my shirt off and go take pictures with him. <laughs> 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 that be the before and after look. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Good thing you don't have to pay for your tan like he pays for his. Yeah, really. Yeah. So. So anyway, but yeah, it was a good weekend in Palmerton. Trying to think if anything else interesting happened. Oh yeah, I got frisked at the airport on the way back. Yeah, I think everybody yeah. has seen that. I video. think everybody's seen the video and seen the video of me teasing Michael the whole time he's carrying the bucket. Y'all definitely need to watch that. It's on my Instagram video. I'm giving Michael hell the whole time he's carrying his bucket. There's a really good yeah. video of me doing that when we were in West Virginia last year, but. Man, we got really raunchy in our cut downs there. Uh-huh. Really talking about his each other's moms. Oh yeah. Yeah, there was a fourteen year old kid that Yeah, and that's when we were messing and, and Dustin Dustin uh Living Good. Living Good's kid was right behind you. We got pretty raunchy. Well, people what was so people would think less of us if we showed that video. Yeah, what's the funny is we didn't know that was his kid until after the fact. I know, and he totally photobombed us in the in the in the back of our photo. That was what was so funny. And Dustin messaged me later, and he's like, hey, my uh, kid was telling me about these two guys that were giving each other hell at the bucket carry and just said that they were really funny. <laughs> and he pulled up the picture and saw it was me and you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Good times. Good times. Yeah, you didn't yeah. set down a bucket half as much this time as you did that time. 
Well, that was flat. I only, they only did it once there at West Virginia. That was flat. I know. And you set it down and, like, sit on the bucket. So. Hey, man, sometimes folks get tired. and I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not placing anything, so. I know. I'm just. Get a try. I just know you can do better than you do. I know that's kind of how I am. I'm like, I don't want, I don't want to be last, but I'm not gonna bust my ass to be. You don't set the bucket down. You you lean back into a, uh, a lunge and you just let it rest on your quad. I set that's one down. I, if you set it down, you have to use all that energy to pick it back up. That's what I told everybody on Saturday. I said I barely missed the podium. About <laughs> <laughs> forty six spots. Yeah. There we go, Michael. Yeah. See, that's what I'm telling you. You did good. Glass half full, man. Glass half Glass full. Glass half full. That's Glass right. half full life. That's us. Always. So, yeah. So, we go to the airport. And I didn't know this, but uh, Daniel Smith, I, I guess a friend of ours, was in the military and knows about airport security and all that. And that thing where they wipe your hands off and check it for... Stuff that makes like bombs and all. So me and Michael got checked and they didn't even check Leanne. I guess she doesn't look like a terrorist or whatever. So they didn't check her, but they checked me and Michael. Well, my hands checked out dirty or whatever. So then I got a full frisk. So afterwards, you know, uh, Daniel was messaging us and he said, yeah, tailwind will set that stuff off. But I think he said, what was it? dextrose monohydrate or whatever it's in it mm -hmm. and when he said that i was like you know what when we were packing our bags when we got out of the uh, rental car i took leanne's vest that she wore and uh i emptied all of her stuff out of it and she had a single pouch of tailwind in there and i guess whatever outside traces were on that package got on my hands and it set it off i don't know because I mean, but they also told you the soil that's in the ground from yeah, I mean, I, the mud yeah. could have done that too. I told him we did a mud run, and he said that, like, if you're planting and, like, pot and soil fertilizer will set it off you too. I mean, I guess I could have done it too. Nasty. I did. I washed my hands because we went to the bathroom before we went through security. Yeah. Well, see, my back, and I had endurance <laughs> in my um, thing too, so that could have gotten on your hands because Daniel said it was endurance um, drinks and stuff. Yeah. Maybe it was. <clears throat> or maybe Oh, just, we, for, we forgot about the phrase of the weekend. Maybe my hands are what just explosive. It? I got herpes at the dunk wall. <laughs> I got herpes from the dunk wall. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, forget, I forget how we got on that. But, yeah, that was the saying of the weekend. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if somebody hadn't gotten some type of whatever from those dunk walls. Why? That water's so clean, though. Gross. I could smell the chlorine in it. <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the dunk wall. There wasn't no chlorine in that water. Dude, I could smell it, man. And chlorine? You think yes. they throw tablets of chlorine in muddy water? Yeah. No. I'll put money. How much you want to bet? Man, I remember the first year we went to Ohio, and I did build crew there. There was dead fish in that water because they were pumping in lake water in well, there. Well, South Carolina last year was nasty. Every time somebody come out, those people come out of oh, the water. Yeah. Remember yeah, how it looked like they came out of a swamp thing or something. It was gross. I don't care. Conyers dunk wall and rolling mud has got to be like the nastiest water. Once that water gets churned up, it is just sandy mud water. It gets in my contacts every time. 
It's or there's cool. also as nasty as them starting pool on terrain, so. Uh, yeah, especially. <laughs> if you pee in it. Yeah, especially if somebody pees in it. The first time me and Michael did a terrain race and we started in that water tank, Michael just straight up says, hey, everybody, I just peed in water or something like that. And he, everybody laughs it off and then later on he's like, I really did pee in the water. Yeah, I really did. I'm being honest. Yeah. You're so crazy. That was nice. Oh, my gosh. Yep. So what was your favorite part about Palmerton? My favorite part about Palmerton was... Uh, I th- I tell you what, man, after the, the Super Saturday, just everybody hanging out and just seeing a bunch of people from 4-0 up north that I don't usually get to see, that was probably, you know, the most fun when we went up there and was watching people in the sandbag carrying, goofing around. The open house was a good time, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this weekend it was just, you know, just getting out of town. It's just been a while, you know. Since we've gone to a race, and it was just nice going to a race and getting to focus the whole weekend on just the the race and the trip and everything. It was just, it was a good time. Oh, Michael was there too, so that was kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite part about Palmerton, Michael? Just just being able to hang out with you two and just see you guys. Oh, yeah. and you just shitting up the hotel yeah. room. Yeah. <laughs> And your snoring didn't keep me up this time. Yeah. What now? I say your snoring didn't keep me up this time. Yeah, Leanne brought a noise machine just to drown out Michael's snoring. Oh my God, because his snoring is so loud. They didn't need it either. Huh? Was I snoring in back of the car when we were going up? No. No. And I don't, dude, I don't know for the life of me, I don't know how you scrunched up in the back of the Hyundai Kona and went to sleep. I don't know how you did that, because there was like two bags in there, too. Yeah, my feet were on the windshield. I used the bags as a pillow. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, every time I fall asleep, those two assholes have to take a picture of me. (laughs) (laughs) Once you put the bunny ears on me when I was asleep in the car, (laughs) at least you didn't put one on me when you took the picture and I was on a plane. I think I did one with you had like the unicorn beside you or something. Yeah, that, that was when I was in the car. That was okay, when you were in the car. Yeah. Well, no, because last time, one of the trips last year, Scott took one. He just videoed me snoring in bed. Yeah, it was Palmerton. Yeah. I videoed you snoring in bed. I threw a pillow on you, and you didn't wake up. Yeah. I had to throw two pillows on you before you woke up. That yeah. was Palmerton He's, last year. He sent us a video of me. Yep. Well. I got a weird fucking fetish, man. Whatever. <laughs> Well, I think, what was it? You or Scott took pictures of me when we left uh, Boston last year. When we were going killing. You were in the back of the car and you were asleep. That was me. I still got the pictures. They're still on my phone. Mm. Word. So, yeah, yeah, and we get to the room and Michael's been battling with something wrong with his leg. I don't know what it is. It's probably uh, because it's some birth defect or whatever. So, he's sleeping in like this boot at night. He opens up his suitcase and there's like five little things in there. Like he's got his car buffer and his thing to roll his foot on. And then he's got something else. And it's like a total rehab gym in his suitcase pretty much. Like, I don't know. Where did you, like, how did that boot even fit in your suitcase with all that other stuff? I Because I basically roll up stuff and put it in there like a, like I would, uh, 
I shape it like my leg and foot. So I use the boot, the inside of the boot as storage because it's open on the two ends. Mm. Right. It's only a boot, you know, on the bottom and the back side, and the front side kind of shin is, is open. It has the straps on there. So. so he pretty much wears the boot at night to rehab so he can run the race the next day. Yeah, car buff in the morning when I get up. <laughs> car buff in the morning when I get up. What race was it that you like wore the boot all week? It was when you went to Arizona. You wore the boot all week long, and then the morning of the race, you took the boot off and ran the race. Yeah, when I did that uh, trail race up in Arizona. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't Arizona. Uh, was it Lanier? Yeah, I wore the boot to the venue at Lanier. You know, that's back when I was just. Arizona was right when I started wearing the boot, and I didn't take it on the flight out there. I just didn't want to sleep in out oh, there. Yeah, because at Lanier, did. you took your buffer down to the venue, and they yes. had like this open bar out there, and you had plugged into the bar and buffed your leg, and then you had like a rolling pin, like you would roll out biscuits with. Yeah, I, <laughs> I ended up breaking that, so I had to get the, uh, the real one, so... <laughs> How did you break six, it? It was six. The ends. I put such pressure. Two little ends. I mean, I got the six bugs at Kroger, dude. Right. So, I put so much pressure on it. One little hand, the whole thing broke off. Well, that's awesome. So, yeah, but then, uh, yeah, I think it was Atlanta or so, somewhere. But yeah, I would, I would, because it would hurt my foot. Uh, way I held it while I was driving, by get holding the gas pedal. Every time I'd get out of the truck, it was just killing me. But wearing the walking boot all the time, you know, I had to mobilize it for 11 weeks. Then, you know, I'd, I'd get to a race, I would take it off at the stretch and kind of fight through the race until I got better. So yeah. I probably should have actually stopped running, but I'm too damn hard headed for that. Yeah. You probably could put some Badger Seal on it, and that would probably help. Yep. That's true, too. Your mom had some in her cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> So, Leanne, what was the favorite part about the Palmerton race, or did you already say? No, I didn't say. Um, for me, I think it was just the experience as a whole. Just going there, flying on the little 30-passenger jet. Yeah, that I had a slight panic attack on. <laughs> Leanne always has a panic attack when we fly. I, don't, I mean, it's not that bad. Sometimes it's just scary. Um, no, I liked hanging out afterwards, like on sun, Saturday when... All of us, and then Lefty and Victoria and um, Luke, when we all went and rode the little Skylift thing up and watched those people at the sandbag carry and everything. Yeah, They fun. were giving out popsicles and ice cream at right before, right after the, uh, did you see that? Where they had the ice cream and the stuff at during the, um, when the open waves were coming through. They were giving them ice cream? No, I don't think they were giving them, but they were selling them right there. Uh, they didn't have them out there before, but there was somebody that was out there giving out ice, ice creams. Pops. Ice pops. That's what it was. Yeah, I got one of those. That was Saturday. The girl at the slip wall, the volunteer, she was handing out ice pops. Yeah, and then there was another volunteer that was giving out Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a juice pop by the time I got there, so. <laughs> yeah, it was. It started melting. Cause I that was where I saw you and I followed you that day. Yeah. I know there was because I got lucky on Sunday and managed to s squeeze in third place in my age group, which was pretty cool because that was my last race. It's thirty nine. Today's my birthday. Hi. And oh yeah, happy birthday, bitch. Yeah, thanks. 
your mom's gonna give me uh my birthday present later. And so <laughs> what? <laughs> so I thought you were allergic to shellfish. I am. So uh at the top of the sandbag carry on Sunday, there was a staff member up there. It wasn't a volunteer. She was saying that you cannot. People were grabbing the post on the Z wall, and she was making them do burpees. And that is a rule that they have changed. And so, you know, and since some people are still unclear about this rule, if I don't have to grab it, I don't. So what is she saying? You can grab it, or she's you can't? saying you can't. Can't. But you can't when I got grab to the that Z, pole. When I got to the Z wall, you that guy, the volunteer, told me that you could. Right. So, and then I heard something like, and I heard some of the racers complain. Well, I grabbed it, and she said she couldn't. But what I heard was the clarification was is you can't reach all the way around it, like you're putting. I guess they're wrapping their arm all the way around the pole, or. I know yes, you can't. That's what she said. I heard her say on Sunday. Yeah. Was you can't wrap. Do, don't wrap your arms around the pole, but you can grab it. Right. With your hand. You can't mm -hmm. wrap anything around it. Like you can grab it if you fist in the palm of your hand. Anything beside the palm of your hand touched it. I mean, to me, so. okay, this rule already has gotten way out of hand. So I think they should have never said it's okay for you to touch the pole. They ought to just say you can't touch it. I mean, it's just easier yeah. to say you can't touch it or bring back the other Z walls. No, that Z -wall. yeah, but what's the purpose of you being it. able to touch it? Because you can't touch, you can't like reach to the other peg. What's the whole just purpose of help you? your balance? Well, I mean, because sometimes you'll get a wall where you can't reach that block around the corner. And I've been saying it for a year and a half. There's always one wall that's extremely difficult to grab around the corner. Well, see, I always run up to the walls and I look at the, yeah, the blocks to too. see which is closest when I have to make that that move around the corner. I mean, I always try to eye that corner and make sure that block is close. And I also try to make sure that the line I'm taking, the blocks or are going horizontal and not more vertical because if the blocks are going more vertical they're harder to hold on to where if they're kind of i'd like them kind of like coming up like like an a you know they're a's and w's away from each other if that makes sense you know because that way you're grabbing they're you're grabbing them with you kind of like a pull-up bar that's angled at the ends of it mm -hmm. that's the way i want all the two by fours to be because that way you can hold your weight up with just your hands and you don't have to rely on your feet except for when you change blocks. I don't know. I just feel like the amount of time it takes you to run over to look at the corner to see which one is closer will save you time. Oh, and definitely. burpees versus you grabbing that pole and getting in trouble or slipping off yeah. and getting in trouble. I mean, that's, that's what I say. If you don't got to use that pole, don't use it. You know? But Z-Wall is causing a lot of controversy this year. I think there's always going to be some obstacle that people... I don't think there's going to be any obstacle that everybody's 100% okay on. I, I mean, I agree too. I'm, I'm curious to see if they keep... And I know that that vertical cargo uh, platform was higher here just because of the land it was on. I think they had to make it higher. Just because it wasn't level land or whatever, or mm -hmm. ground. It was on a slope. 
Yeah, so I think that's why they made it higher. And, uh, but, and so many people were falling on that. There was one dude that was, like, at the open house. He was killing himself trying to get up in. He was a big guy. He was a big guy. And, I mean, I mean, I'll give him one thing. He wasn't quitting. Mm -mm. But, I mean, just because people are going to start getting hurt on that, the way they attack it, it it wouldn't surprise me if they, uh, either make it low or, they get rid of it altogether. So what did you think about the new obstacle that they did? What was it? it Trash. Like, is it like a, wasn't it like a jungle gym? I don't know the exact name. Oh, the name. pipe, the pipe layer. That's it. Yeah. To me, it was like a, just a, like a That's little. That's my nickname that Michael's mom gives me. Jungle <laughs> gym. <so> crazy. <laughs> that, that, that's just something they just threw together. To that's just something things. to slow you down. Yeah. Where, I just went that, straight through. I mean, like, I crawled just straight through. Some people were going up and down. I was like, nope, I'm just going to yeah. go straight through the center. Now, I think... But that's that, kind of like the helix. Isn't that what it's called? The one yeah. that's like the little X thing? That was super easy, too. Yeah, I mean, it's easy, but Daniel Smith fell off. <laughs> he probably slipped. He did. He got in a hurry, and he, he slipped off of it, and he said, man... He told me about it. He's like, man, it was it kind of sucked too because it was right here by the starting corral in Alabama. Oh yeah, I <laughs> everybody that. saw it. Yeah, what's uh, you remember in Atlanta a couple years ago? They had just in the middle of the trail. They just had these ropes that were just at different angles. You oh, those bungee cords. Yeah. Yeah, they've it done that in Jersey the, too. It was Jersey. It's yeah. the dumbest thing ever. What is this all about? Yeah, it was in Spartanburg yeah. too, because it more or less was like a low crawl because you just had to crawl under it. You didn't know you didn't. This one in Atlanta or wherever didn't have to crawl. Did you stepped over it and take your hand, raise it up, yeah. and walked? And I think they need. I think they need an electric charge. That would make it better. No. Yeah. It would be easy. You know what would have made it a little bit more difficult if it was a rope instead of a bungee. That way it didn't stretch. But <laughs> I mean, then it wouldn't have been like an obstacle. It just would have been harder to get through. But, I mean, it's like the pie player is, I mean, that's an obstacle that's pretty much just meant to slow you down. But, you know, what would make that obstacle cooler is if they got rid of a lot of the lower pipes and just took some of the pipes out of the equation to where there wasn't as many holds. And I think it would make it a little a little more interesting, for sure. Yeah. But I, enjoy, I enjoyed that. I mean, it was a cool obstacle just because it was something new, but yeah, it totally reminded me of like a kid's jungle gym when I was a kid. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I thought it was fun too. I mean, I can imagine that being pretty annoying for somebody that's over six feet tall. Oh, yeah. Or somebody that has long legs and long arms. But anyway. Your mom likes my long legs. Yeah, and one thing about Twister is there was no rows that had those black grips on it, and... I like those black grips. I use them every time. They all turned uh, left, too, because I, I couldn't find one. Well, I learned uh, to pay attention. To I couldn't find ones that rotated right, because I always go to the ones that rotate right, because I'm right-handed. I couldn't find one that rotated. I, I, I thought they all rotated the same way. I did, too. I thought they all went both ways. I don't think so. Hmm. Because I reach down and grab, it comes down to me, and I'm usually facing, I'm usually leading with my right, so they all just come down to me. I know the lady on... Maybe it would just been the one that I picked. I just couldn't, 
because I've been able to get it the past few times, but the other day, I, I didn't, I couldn't get it. Another girl on the live feed, she said it was three sections, but it was only two sections, but it did go uphill. There was people failing it. Yeah, there's a lot of people yeah. failing it. Yeah, that's what made it hard, because it was, you know, at a, yeah, that was a really failable obstacle when it was three sections. If it was three sections and wet, people failed it all the time. It's so weird yeah. how, like, one day you can do, like, on sun Saturday, I struggled at the sandbag carry. Sunday, I did fine. Yeah. Saturday on the monkey bars, I did great. Sunday, I fell. Mm. You know, it's just, it's weird how it's just stuff like that. As long as monkey bars are dry, I usually don't. I have no trouble with it at all. It's it's when they're wet, it's when they're a problem to me. But yeah. I, I mean, I'm totally sold on. I go sideways on the monkey bars. I, I don't. I never go forward anymore unless I'm just playing around or something. And even on ape hanger, I went sideways the whole way across it. I want to say last year I went sideways up to the center section, and then when I got the momentum coming down, I went straight. But I just went sideways, hold to hold, all the way through it. Same thing on the rig, sideways, and hit every ring, every hole. Maybe swing around one ring or something, but I've just gotten where I just go sideways on all of that grip stuff like that, and then go backwards on twister. Oh, I can't go backwards on Twister. I have to go side to side. And beat her with the three sections in a row. That was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, actually more of a fun option. Yeah, and it was downhill, kind of downhill too, so it was pretty fun. Yeah. I know we were playing around on it, and I was like swinging off the last one and hitting the bell. And I remember I, I kind of like fell to my my hands and knees on that last time and all I could think about was that video of Amir breaking his arm in New Jersey. Oh no. <laughs> but uh hmm. it's always a nervous thing, especially you hear them pop. Oh god. Video, yeah. You hear him yell right like because of the video off so Yeah. Yeah, so. he hurt his Achilles on Sunday too. Yeah. He was running so good man. He he ran down that sandbag so fast. I was like, man, there's no way. I I just don't trust my knees enough to go down a, that sandbag hill that fast. I know I come down that back hill after the monkey bars when it was pretty much just running down that dirt road with all those shell rocks right before inverted wall. I ran yeah. down that hill so fast. I had just, my heels were starting to burn from just the friction. It was, that was... And that, that's something that never happened before. I was trying to really open up my stride and catch a guy that was in front of me. And I did catch him, but and but once I caught him, I like was totally out of gas. So I couldn't, ha I couldn't hang with him. <laughs> it was stupid. I cramped bad on that, that little hill on Saturday, but on Sunday I did fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think I felt better Sunday just for my ankle braces too. I don't, and, it, and it might have been because it was a shorter race, but the thing about it was, is, you know, in the first mile of that race, I felt better. You know, I could tell halfway at the bottom of the sandbag starting that hill, I could tell that I felt better on Sunday than I did on Saturday. And I don't know if it's because we just ate more food and or the all the food I ate from Friday night was just re ready to go or something. I don't know. I just felt better on Sunday. And that's the occasion a lot of times. You know, both years at West Virginia, 
you know, I've always cramped at the beast and just it not be a good race. And then, and then on Sunday, I'm, I'm just ready to go. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and that's usually the case. And I don't know if it's because you've gotten the race out of your system and you know what to expect the next day. Your nerves aren't as up. And that might, like, your heart rate might not be as high either. I know me and Luke were, like, looking at our heart rates just standing in the corral on Sunday and, like, our heart rates were just, like, in, like, 90, just standing around waiting for the race to start, you know? I didn't even look and see what mine was starting, sitting in the corral. I'm sure it was probably high. Well, shoot, I can know, you know, you'd be on the treadmill or doing something at the gym, and you just start thinking about a race and all, and your heart rate will just start going up, man. I guess it's just being passionate about it or whatever. Mm. But anyway. So it'll be really good on Sunday. After the sandbag or after the Z wall, but I knew it was all downhill from there. Yeah. That was me too. You know, I I know. I was, I mean, I was totally like, I'm ready to get this race over with for sure, you know. But once it finished the sandbag, you know, I was feeling good. I was ready to go. I was too. It was like one minute you'd have an up and the next minute you'd have a down. And like, I know the guy I was trying to catch. Like, he still had gas to run up just the little tiny hills. Like, even coming out of the swim, he took off up that hill coming out of the lake. And I was like, man, I can't. <laughs> I was done. I had no more uphill running at that point. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been about an hour or so. I don't want to hold Michael up anymore from uh, building Dunkin' Donuts because the Atlanta area totally needs another Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> yeah, just a few more, man. Just a few more. Just a few more. Yeah. Well, our next race is Asheville. Yep. Next race will be Asheville. Yeah. Michael's going, it's and my niece, Madison, will be going with us, hopefully, and she will be doing her first super. She did the sprint in Jacksonville, and she wants to come to this race to do the super. So that'll be cool, too. Yeah, my wife may be going spectating. Cool. She has been gone two years since she got mad at me. That's her last two years ago. Yeah. She, never, she, she didn't ever want to go back. I yeah. said, well, you don't want to go ever? She said, no, stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, because Michael's acting like a total jerk. Jerk bag. <laughs> that was like, I had to go shopping. So oh, so here's an interesting fact about Michael Robertson that shows you what kind of person he is. It's okay for Michael to fart around his <laughs> wife. But it's not, in Michael's opinion, it's okay for him to fart around his wife, but it's not okay for his wife to fart around him. Explain this to us, Michael. The world wants I mean, to know. Explain what? <laughs> <laughs> when we're on a boat, and that boat is sinking, women and children get off first. I have to sell the boat to drown. So, <laughs> is, is it double standard? Yes, it is. So, that means, what do I get in return? I get the luxury of farting, and she does not, because she is the other damn boat <laughs> So, so, oh my gosh. you're saying that because the men's role is to protect the family, that you have the right to fart and she doesn't? Hey man, I didn't make the rules. I'm just enforcing them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should get her on the podcast to talk about it and get her view on it. Maybe we'll go to Asheville. We can sit down and do after a day one Asheville. Eat her. 
have to ask you to treat me and get her view on that. I'm sure your wife doesn't want to talk about this forever. Hey, just like I told Leanne up there in the car. Feel free. I will not judge you. I told Leanne she, she farted in the hotel room. I would still be her friend, but she wouldn't be as close to friendship. <laughs> but he told me twice. He was like, this is your opportunity right now. I won't yeah. judge you. Meanwhile, right, right now. Meanwhile. What? Meanwhile, we're driving back in the car, and Michael's cupping farts and trying to throw them up in my face. <laughs> that was funny as we walked by that mom and two kids. <laughs> that was at Walmart, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, my God. You can't take Michael anywhere in public because he'll, he'll try his best to embarrass you. So, yeah. So, or when I got into the, uh, the body screener, machine at the airport and I put my hands over my head and I yell, hey, don't judge me. I'm a grower, not a shower. <laughs> the TSA does not think that's funny. Yeah, and the whole time I'm getting frisked, Leanne's videoing and Michael's over there saying, he got weed! He got weed! And saying, I think y'all should do a body cavity search. Well, then he told me he'd pay him $5 And pay him $5 to tase me. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. yeah. dude has some big old fingers. Too, man. He'd hurt your butt. <laughs> 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 You're probably right. So, with friends like that, who needs enemies? Exactly. All right, man. Appreciate you getting right. on here and taking the time to do this. I'm sure everybody will love this podcast right. with you running your mouth with yeah. <clears throat> colorful Bye, language. Bye, Michael. All right, bye, everybody. We will see everybody in Asheville. Come up to us and say what's up and uh, fart and cup Michael in the face with it. We'll be at the 4010. Yeah, 401 both days. Yep. All right, later, everybody. I love your mom. I love yours. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed that hour-long ball-busting session between me and my friend Michael. It's a crime how much fun me and Michael and my girlfriend Leanne have when we go to a race. And Palmerton was just such a good time. We were All three of us were just giving each other hell the whole time. It was so much fun. Had a great time hanging out with the uh, 4-0 group there. There's always a good time there with that team. The races were great both days. So much fun. So much fun. Hated to come home. I want to thank everybody that came up to me and just said, Hey, Scott, what's up? You know, and told me that they listen to the show and they enjoy it and it means a lot it inspires me to keep making more of these i know i don't do them in the most timely manner but i just do it when you know i've got free time and inspiration Uh, no new reviews this week if you leave a review i'll read it follow us on instagram and facebook Asheville will be my next race coming up next weekend i hope to see everybody out there and we will see you at the next race later Thank you.